0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to a Stanley Cup edition of the Dusty Dimes podcast. I am your host, TJ Plotter, with my co-host Tucker Hammer. What's up, Tucker? How's it going, TJ? It's going, man. It's going. Today we got uh, Tom Chorsky on. Uh, yeah, got that. We got. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because we got NHL questions and he's involved in junior hockey as well.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be big for both perspectives here. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to touch on um, the stuff we uh, we spoke about uh, the last podcast with John Chiabu and, and Doug Lubner. That yep. uh, <laughs> to, for people that don't know, we had to take the podcast down for issues. So we, we apologize for that. Uh, we're going to touch on. Touch on the stuff here that uh, with Doug and and the whole John Chiavu thing again for people that didn't get a chance to listen.
1: Leave some of the more illegal things out of
0: it this time. Yes, <laughs> we won't. We'll we'll, we'll we'll let that go. That's over and done with. Let you snowflakes melt in yep. your own little happy place. Time time to move on. So. <laughs> yep. Time time to move on. It's it's over and done with. So. Yeah,
1: but I mean. Keish is here now. Keish, what's up, buddy? What's up, boy? What's going, man? How you doing, Going.
0: We got uh I Just sent an invite to Tom Ch- Tom Chorsky. He's actually involved in you know this the St. Cloud Norseman in the NA. Yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we yeah, gonna I'm going
1: we're, to the camp. Yeah, we're
0: gonna touch on it with them with that as well, and then we're gonna talk about. I was telling Tucker uh, that we're gonna talk talk about uh, John Chiabu and, and Doug Lubner thing again that people didn't get a chance to listen because we had to take the podcast down. So we'll, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that again. And, um, I actually want to talk about the whole Tampa Bay lightning facility getting shut down as well.
1: Yeah. I seen fucking, uh, Austin Matthews too. I hate,
0: I hate, I scary? hate, to, I
1: hate to say it, but I think it's over boys. Yeah, I think it is too. <laughs> Tampa Bay is like shut down now after multiple players have tested positive. Yep, I think it. I think
0: it's. I think we're not going to get a Stanley no. Cup champion this year. No. Nope. No.
1: Cut the season. Let everybody heal up. Recover from this. Absolutely, and start fresh. and start fresh focus. in September, October. Yeah. When the election's not yeah. happening, absolutely. <laughs> just fucking. We'll just give this one to Pittsburgh. We you know they're that one anyway. Shut the fuck up. Stop. You just go ahead and crown them. Fuck Gee, yeah. Sean, hold on here. We're having difficulties hearing you uh, take Crosby's dick out of your mouth real quick. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs>
2: but, uh, so ladies, and,
1: ladies and gentlemen, we have Tom Chorsky. What's up, Tom?
2: Hey, guys. How you doing?
0: Good, good. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk to us tonight.
2: Oh, no problem. I uh, I appreciate the invite.
0: Absolutely. And uh, first, I want to say, you know, can you talk about the time... To-
1: what
2: it was like playing high school hockey in Minnesota? Yeah, well, you know, in, in Minnesota, and I'll, I'll go back up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. even growing up when you're it's, – it's called community-based hockey. Yep. And you play for the town that you grow up in, which means that you're playing with – you know, you're playing with your classmates that you go to school with, and you're playing with the kids that live down the block with you. Whereas, you know, the other systems, usually in other states around the country, you know, you, you might be playing on, a, on a, a selected team of players, you know, from different schools and different neighborhoods or communities. And, and, um, and it's not necessarily inherently bad, but when you play with the kids that you grew up with and they're in your school and you've played with them, you know, kind of your whole life, and now you typically go to high school with them. There's such a bond and there's so much camaraderie and you're playing for your, you know, your town mm-hmm. and you're playing for your school, you're playing for your school and everyone in town and all your classmates, you know, your non-hockey, non-hockey playing classmates, um, are there rooting for you on a Saturday night at the local arena against the Crosstown rival, And it makes for a very, very great environment, I guess as a, as a, as a high school kid, it's like Friday night under the lights, you know, for football. And if you can imagine that, you know, it just, it makes your, your passion for the game um, so strong. And, And I would say that the one, you know, the advantage of the other systems or other other programs and platforms probably makes kids a little more resilient and gritty and they've kind of you know, always have clawed and scratched to stay on their team. And, and they've always, every year they might be switching teams mm-hmm. and jumping over to the, you know, the flashy, shiny team or, you know, whatever happens. Um, but, and it makes those players, like I said, they're a little more gritty and tough, maybe coming out of the gate when they're 18. But the kids in Minnesota, I will say, super passionate about the sport and typically um, have learned how to be, you know, Really uh, committed to to their town or to their jersey or to their logo and to their teammates. Absolutely.
0: And, and speaking of that, you were you were passionate about when you played and you were given the name Mister Hockey in high school. What what was that about?
2: Yeah, so that's um, you know at the time was an honor, and it's actually grown into you know where we, we sit here like thirty five years later, mm-hmm. um, and the first year was just someone came up with the idea that we should have a, a, um, high school player of the year award okay. and they called it Mr. Hockey. And, and I was fortunate to be, you know, a senior it's for a senior, um, player and it covers the whole state of Minnesota. And, and that year, uh, Herb Brooks, uh, from Miracle and, and, you know, New Jersey and New York Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins fame, um, he he was the presenting, uh, you know, coach and guest of honor. So that was pretty special. You know, it's 1985. It's five years after he's won the, you know, the Miracle on Ice gold medal yep. game. Um, and, you know, it just became a – it's grown over the years. And every year, you know, whoever wins it, other players that are up for it and don't win it are sometimes go on to be – you know, great players, you know, I don't think TJ Oshi won it, but he was probably up for it or uh, Brock Nelson is another player. And, you know, you know, so the names that have won it are, are pretty special and, and there's always a few names that uh, are, are on the, on the finalist list that are also really good players. So it's a, it's a pretty um, special group to be a part of.
0: Nice. Nice. And uh, can you, were you, you were drafted by the Montreal Canadiens right out of high school. Is that correct? That's correct. What, what was that like? Was that like a mind whirl? Like you just getting dra- like right out of high school? Because usually you don't you don't see that usually nowadays.
2: Yeah, you know, um, you know, I qualified age wise mm-hmm. to be drafted, and I guess to be honest, I I figured I was drafted, mm-hmm. but I was not projected. I was not projected to be drafted in the first round. Um, I was a sort of a mid second round projected player. And so as it turned out, I, you know, I, at that time, not many players traveled to the draft. I don't think, um, certainly not in entourage fashion that they do these days. But, um, so I was, I was sitting by the phone and excited for that day. I remember it was a Saturday and I was anticipating being drafted, But when the phone rang and and it was Montreal, it was a media. I don't remember who it was, but it was for, I think, writer, columnist, calling from Montreal, he got to me first. He must have had an inside scoop from Mm -hmm. someone in the organization. (laughs) And the draft was in Montreal. And back then, you know, Montreal probably had a little more cachet even than it does now. It's still an original six and still a really, you know, historic and, and, um, you know, amazing brand of hockey in, in, in the NHL and in Canada. But uh, to get that call that they had taken me 16th overall, and it was, you know, in Montreal, by the Montreal Canadiens, that was a bit of a mind whirl. That one kind of yeah. hit me between the eyes, like, wow, didn't see that coming.
0: Uh, that's awesome. And then uh, you played 59 games with uh, Sherbrooke Canadians in the AHL. What was the jump like going from NCAA to professional hockey?
2: Yeah, you know, it was a jump, um, mostly on the, on the lifestyle and kind of the environment of, of, um, AHL hockey then, which in 89 was still a little rough and tumble. Um, you know, I was coming out of Minnesota hockey, which is no fighting and pretty, pretty pure hockey and traditional, you know, um, that traditionalist type hockey game. And fortunately we had plenty of tough guys on our team. So it wasn't like I was uh, having to drop the gloves a whole lot, but just being in that environment, you know, learning to play, try to, you know, play your shifts, you know, around probably a fight every period or a couple fights every period, um, you know, it's just an adjustment to, for a kid, Coming out of Minnesota and getting thrown into uh, French French Canadian Quebec, yeah, and uh, little you know Anglo university college guy, uh, it was a little bit of a culture shock. Well, the same the same season you played fourteen
0: games with the Montreal Canadiens, right? Up in up up in the NHL, correct? Correct. So that was correct. that must have been a uh, real real jump for you.
2: Well, and actually, the way it played out was. I I started the season there. I I came out of camp and I really had to be, I guess, to be honest and not, I'm not trying to be too braggadocious, but physically Mm I was, I was, I physically, I was ready to play. I could skate, I could shoot, you know, I I was six, one 195 or 200 pounds. So that wasn't the issue. And so I started the season out of training camp. I think we had some injuries, too, on the wing. And so there was an opportunity for me to play. Um, but as we got into the games and as, as my, I guess, you know, my uh, um, adrenaline wore off and, and as, as we, you know, started to wear into a, a month long of, of playing at the NHL level and it became apparent that, you know, I still wasn't, um, you know, quite sharp enough in the D zone, Uh, And and then players started coming, veterans started coming back from injury. You know, then my ice time dwindled and they said, you know, just go down and play in the minors for, you know, a weekend and get some ice time. And I never, never came back. So, Mm. um, you know, I, in hindsight probably was, was part of the game plan. Um, I played well enough in training camp to, to stick but yeah. overall, my game wasn't – I wasn't seasoned enough ready to, to play a season in
0: Montreal. Gotcha. And then, you know, you joined the New Jersey Devils. You guys – you had a lot of success there as a player and a lot of success as a team. What – can you tell us your experiences with New Jersey, obviously, you know, with them and then winning the Cup?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean – and and what happened was is, you know, I wasn't playing a lot and I, I, I wasn't probably – Pat Burns is, you know, ideal – yeah. Young player. And they had some other young players and whatever, but so I actually requested a trade and Montreal was, I guess, you know, kind enough and and made you know, made that happen. Now granted I was a piece of it. It was Stefan Richet and myself mm-hmm. for Kirk Mon- and the Devils had thrown in Rolly Melanson too as a backup goalie. Mm. And and so you know, it worked out well for me, Steph. Uh, Steph together from Montreal. Um, so, you know, I, I guess okay. he seemed to take the trade okay. You know, I, you know, you play in Montreal. It's he was really under the microscope a lot, and you know, I don't, I don't think he minded playing in New Jersey with a little less um with a little less press um yeah you know kind of just on him all the time so he, he performed real well too and it, so it worked out for both of us really well um you know four years later we were part of a stanley cup championship it worked out for montreal too kirk muller went there and was a captain and they won a stanley cup a couple of years before us even so um it was a welcome change for me and and you know anytime you you get to play a, you know, I was a, I guess, a top nine role and, and got to kill penalties. Uh, so my ice time, you know, went way up and, and my success went way up. And so that was a big part of my my NHL, you know, career was, was spent in New Jersey winning a cup. Um, I met my now wife there and we're still married. Nice. 20, Congratulations.
0: 25 <laughs> years.
2: And so, uh, yeah, it was a no big problem. deal.
0: And then um, yeah, thank you, you. Know, thank you. Talking about Lou Lamarour, why was he so good at what he did in New Jersey?
2: Um you know, he's a stickler. Uh it, it's really black and white with him on on what he um believes should be you know, allowed how sort of his, you know, his his whole I guess mm-hmm. operating procedure um, you know, or his his process is very, is very methodical. And, you know, that, that combined with Jacques Lemaire, you know, the two of them made for a, a really good recipe. And I think at times, you know, initially when you, you feel like you're, you're operating under a really heavy hand at times early on, but over time we started and granted, I mean, he went out and he acquired, was able to get Scott Stevens and Randy McKay and, you know, Steph and I came in and then they, they had drafted Billy Guerin and Brian Rolston and um, um, Zellipuken and, you know, just, just did a great job. And then the veterans and Danico and driver and Johnny Mack and um, Tommy Abilene. And and then here comes Brodeur uh, coming up. So, you know, it all started to come together. And even though we had, I guess maybe a lot of rules, you know, you kind of had to shave at least regular season and you had to keep your hair cut and you had, you had to use, you know, red tape on your red socks and you had to use white tape on your white socks. Um, You just felt like, you know, and sometimes it was like a little overbearing that there was all these rules that we had to abide by, but it worked. And, and once you started putting together wins, um, over losses, and you could just feel it. You could feel that we had something going on here, and it was very, you know, again between between loose sort of rules and guidelines and boundaries, and Jacques and Larry Bird's, I mean, Larry yeah. Larry Bird. We call him Bird. Um, Larry Robinson. You know, between their their on ice systems, um, it just felt like we were kind of a machine, and you just showed up and you punched the clock, and you did your job, and everyone had a job, and they all respected that and did their job, and it just worked. And so we started to just buy into it, I guess. That's, that's awesome. Leave it.
0: And then, you know, the, the, you're playing the Red Wings in the Stanley Cup. You know, they're they're dominant power. How, how do you – what's the mentality, like the mindset you that you go into the locker room before game one?
2: So um, I think by that time and, you know, any team that reaches the Mm -hmm. finals, you know, from the outside, it might, from the outside, it feels like, wow, you know, what a grind and and it's got to be amazingly tough. And it is physically tough, but mentally and emotionally, by the time you get there, it means that you've won, you know, a lot of series. You've won three series and, and however many games you've had to play to get there. Um, so you're, you're, you've kind of, you've got your formula down pat and you're in a, you're in a rhythm. And so, you know, I think we felt by that time we were pretty confident, not, not cocky, but like I sort of alluded to, we kind of had this system and we just would flip the switch when they dropped the puck and we knew what we were doing and we knew what we knew what worked for us. And, and LaMare, LaMare was very. Um, consistent and it was like if you go down by one or you go down by two you still don't change what you're doing if you go up by one or you're up by three you just you just stick to the stick to yeah. the system and stick to the plan so um, you know I think we felt like we were the underdog which sometimes isn't so bad the, the pressure isn't really on us um, yet we felt like we were pretty good so quietly we were like yeah these guys have some star power but I don't know if, you know, I don't know if they realize how hard it's going to be to break through, you know, our system and then break, you know, get pucks past Marty yeah. Brodeur. And, 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 and sure enough, you know, we stuck to our game plan and you win game one. That's so huge. Winning game one in a series yep. uh, on the road. and And then we win game two and we're going home up two, which was probably a shock and and to be honest, I can remember I can remember being able to play our game. We had it so down pat and look looking at the um, Red Wings and and kind of listening to them on the ice, they were frustrated. And you could see it on their face and you could kind of hear it in how they were saying yeah. and talking and they were frustrated and and they were slashing us and you know, they were they were off their game. There was no there's no That's question awesome. about that. And then my uh
0: During, during, I don't think many people know, you know what I mean? But during the 94, 95 lockout, you played over in Italy. How, how did that come about?
2: Yeah. So um, we were hanging out in New Jersey for a while. And by that time I had met my, you know, my now wife and we were, I think kind of like couch surfing at her sister and my now brother-in-law's place. And we were all still pretty young and didn't have kids or anything. So hanging out, waiting for this lockout to, to end. And then it became, you know, stretched in and we were skating as a team at South mountain, our practice rink in, yep. in, in West orange. And um, it started to become clear that this thing was going to stretch out and stretch out. And then they kind of said, okay, well, you guys might as well, you know, pack it in or whatever. And, and I had a friend, a good friend of oh, mine in Los Angeles goodness. who had played college hockey at Minnesota Duluth and he was playing in Milan and he reached out and he said, Hey, he said, I talked to our, our owner and our coach and they, they can, you know, they can get you over here. We have a spot if you want to come over. And so I said, heck yeah, I'll I'll go play in Milan and go to Italy and I guess stay sharp and make a few bucks. So um, I went over had to negotiate my own contract which I didn't do a great job of because <laughs> the first the first number I threw at him he jumped at it. I thought I was I you know I thought I was throwing a number at him. It wasn't even that yeah. high. I was trying to be nice too.
1: Yeah. Cuz
2: I know they didn't have a ton of money, but I threw a number at him he goes done. I said, "Oh, shoot, I should have asked for more money." But <laughs> um, you know, it was it was fine. It was fairly short lived, 6 6 or 7 weeks I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, of living in you know, paid for your apartment. I got my buddy there. We're, you know, every night we're sort of either going out for a good, you know, a nice little meal and, and home with our girlfriends and um, and and the hockey was, you know, I was I felt no pressure. I actually put up, you know, pretty good numbers during those games, um, and so it was it was fun. I would say, nice. And then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fast
0: forward here. You know, now you're now the GM of business operations for the St. Cloud Norseman. Can you tell us your day-to-day work, how, how, what that's like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the St. Cloud Norsemen were, uh, were formerly the St. Cloud Blizzard and they were the Brookings Blizzard before that. And we play in the North American Hockey League, the Null. Yep. Which is a very good, you know, junior league. It's a tier two. So it's a, it's the little, I guess, little sibling of, of the USHL. Um, but you know, I think I just saw a stat today, like 34% of freshmen last year, college hockey playing freshmen had, you know, either come from our league or played in our league. So pretty significant number of players are, are getting to D one hockey, um, through the and, uh, what happened was, is my buddy and college teammate and pro teammate, Corey Millen, Mm -hmm. uh, was interviewing for the head coaching job. And uh, he became aware that they were also going to replace and and clean house in the front office. And he called me up, or maybe I was calling him to just encourage him and talk to him about the interviewing process. And he said, you know, why don't you come and run the office and I'll coach the team. (laughs) And I got kind of excited about it and he got excited about it. He thought it'd be fun for us to, you know, kind of basically take this team back over uh, because they had been on some, you know, some tough times the year before, yeah. and we both, you know, I live I live one hour away from St. Cloud, and he lives two hours away. He's going to have to relocate. I can commute, but um, it real op- really good opportunity for me to get back into hockey. You know, yeah. I, to 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 this point, I was doing broadcasting, and I still have been doing broadcasting for Fox Sports North, uh, for the Minnesota Wild pregame and postgame show. Which has me, you know, going over to the rink, and sometimes I'm in the press box, and when they're on the road, I'm in the studio. But when I'm in the press box, I'm seeing, you know, my, well, Billy Garen, my old teammate, is now the GM. Yeah. Um, and a lot of scouts come through, and guys I played with and played against, and you know, other other coaches and assistant coaches, and so I was in the game around it, but. This really gives me a chance to get really back into it on on the business side and be really hands on involved in in the hockey industry, if you will, and and trying to help these young men, um, you know, reach their dreams and achieve their dreams of playing college hockey is is a is a big part of it. I've got a 19 year old son who's um, on his way as well. He hasn't committed to a D1 school, but he's certainly talking to them, and so I felt like you know I can. I've been in sales and I've been in business since I retired um, and I've got a pretty good name and pretty good reputation around Minnesota. And, and I certainly know people around the country in college hockey programs and junior hockey, you know, leagues. So between Corey and I, it just made sense for us to take on this challenge and it's been a lot of fun so far. So I'm in charge of, um, selling our sponsorship and our, you know, sort of our marketing inventory, around the team and around the rink um, which would include signage and social media and dasher boards. And um, our stream, you know, has some inventory uh, ticket packages. I got to design, you know, our season ticket package and, you know, a 10, 10 game pack and a five game pack and a three game pack or what have you. And then yeah. we'll also do promote promotional events, um, group, group events at uh, on game nights. And so, you know, all the things that go into, promoting the team and, and trying to generate some revenue. It's not, it's really, it's a for-profit business, obviously, but not a lot of money is made. So it's, again, I'm back to, we're really trying to help these, these 17 to 20 year olds get to D one or D three college hockey programs. And I'm doing it with my buddy who's head coach and to get, and I'm like the assistant GM. So I'm also involved in player evaluations and player procurement uh, which is really fun for me as well. So it's kind of the best of both worlds being involved with a junior team for me.
0: Now that's awesome that you say that because we have uh, our listenerships probably from, I'd say 15 to and then older people listen as well, but listening now to the podcast, what you guys look for in players wanting to play in the NA NAHL?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I said certainly right off the bat, you've got the eye test. You want to see players that have some skill um, and, and they can skate or they can carry the puck. You might watch how they release the puck when they shoot. Um, you look for IQ. Do they do they make a play when the play is there or do they have blinders on and they, they don't see it? Um, you know, another big thing is because there's a lot of 50-50 battles, loose pucks, you know, are they are they? are they going after that puck like a dog on a bone or a cat on a mouse? Are they going to win that loose puck? And if they lose it, you know, if they lose the puck or they don't win that battle, do they chase that player down and try to try to take the puck back? Because you either have the puck or you don't. And if you have it, can you keep it? And when you have it, are you looking to make a play? Do you know where your line mates are? Do you know where the right play is? Do you know where the open ice is? Um, but you know, compete level is always talked about on top of skill, and then there's there's some sort of um, um, body language things. You look for, you know, how do they respond uh, after a missed opportunity, or how do they respond when they get scored on? How do they respond when they score? Are they making it? Are they making it all about themselves? Um, or are they are they you know looking for their teammate who just set them up for the tap in, and and you know basically um, applauding him and, and, and thanking him, um, for making the play. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just skill. It's not just stats and highlights and numbers. You know, I will say we receive, we receive emails with videos, you know, from players saying, Hey, I want to play for you. Here's my, here's my highlight reel. (laughs) And it's just, you know, 15 minutes of them scoring goals. And yeah, you know, sometimes, you you know, you're going to wonder, well, how do you defend? How do you compete?
0: How um, do you back check? I don't, I'm not quite,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm back check, you know, how do you go after a puck and and, and beat the other guy? And, and frankly, you know, it'd take a lot more work. I, I can't quite see who you're playing against that night, and were they any good? You know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I saw you fire some pucks past the goalie, but I gotta go look up that goalie, and if he had a, you know, 8.50 save percentage, and and uh six goals against average, yeah. you know, you might not be that good. So, you know, we can't just we can't just go, Oh yeah, let us sign you up or we're gonna draft you, you know, with our first pick overall. You know, it's just not doesn't work that way. So, you know, we have to do a little bit of homework. But fortunately Corey and I, um and our assistant coach, his name is Casey Mignon, who coincidentally is from New Jersey. Nice. He's younger <laughs> than me and and he didn't he didn't play NHL hockey, but he He's from New Jersey and, and, you know, we have to do a lot of homework to, to find out which kids are, you know, are kind of real for real, but you know, yeah, we're looking for, we're looking for talent or skill and we're looking for competitiveness and we're looking for, um, and it all shows up in different areas of the game. And sometimes it's some, like you said, sometimes it's how you back check. Sometimes it's, um, how you come off the bench or go on back to the bench Sometimes it's how you respond to that. adversity. You know, did you, you didn't like a call or, you know, yeah, it was your fault. Um, and your fault, and, you know, you respond to that the following shifts. You know, did you come out and fix that, that mistake or fix that issue? Or did you, you know, go out and take a dumb penalty because you were frustrated over it?
0: My, my last question. Um, not many people can say they were drafted in NHL, played an NHL game, scored an NHL goal and won a Stanley cup.
2: Well, you know, I think the list is probably pretty long. Um, my parents were, were very supportive and, you know, got me into the game. Obviously I, we, I grew up near a, a frozen pond and and then my parents didn't know anything about hockey, so they were just supportive. They, they were, you know, sometimes you hear about parents that are too overbearing, and it really is a, to a detriment of a, of a player. Um, that wasn't the case with my parents. My dad just kind of never played the game, so he just drove me to the rink, and, and he ran the clock, or he opened the door in the penalty box. Uh, he would get our schedules done. He'd order the jerseys and find a sponsor. Um, so th- you know they he deserves and they deserve credit. And then I had some really good coaches along the way in my youth level, um, and and high school level. I really good and still dear friend Keith O'Brien was an assistant coach. My head coach in high school was Jim Baxter. Um, he, he's now passed away, but he was just a like a Christian guy, and again just a peer. You know never never was um, condescending or ripped you a new one, and and just was very encouraging. Um, you know, my teammates along the way obviously helped. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of mentors before I even got to college. And then, you know, I think in college I, I would I would credit my teammates, I, guys like Corey Millen, who I am friends with now and our team captain, Wally Chapman and playing for the Gophers. You know, I struggled coming out of high school because it was a big step to play in the in the um, WCHA at that time. And so you know, I needed I needed the support of teammates to to help me work through those adversities. Um, and then you know, in, in the in the NHL, um, when I got to New Jersey, Tommy McVie was was really good to me, gave me a chance again, supportive, and helped me throughout kind of the pro game. Uh, and then Jacques Lemaire comes in and uh, gives me a a pretty significant kill penalties and and check the other team's top line. So, you know, I was playing against, uh, you know, Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Jagger and Mark Messier, Adam Graves and Brian Leach, you know, killing penalties against all these guys. And then five on five, uh, me and Bobby Carpenter usually were the checking line and we'd go Mm -hmm. out and try to shut down, shut down those offensive um, um, opponents, which was a great, role and gave me a lot of ice time. And so I would, I would give a lot of credit to Jacques Lemaire and in Ottawa, you know, Jacques Martin was a really good coach and really good to me and fair. And I I appreciated him a lot. Um, Rick Bonus was, was another guy that was really nice to me and good to me as a a kind of a player coach. He's still in the game. So I don't know if he listens to the pod, but uh, I would tip my hat (laughs) to him as being a good guy and give me, you know, giving me some good chances in Ottawa, and then he, he traded for me or picked me up on waivers, I guess, to go to the New York Islanders. So, those nice. are some of the those are some of the guys I, and and people I would uh, credit, I guess. Awesome.
0: But other than that, Tom, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day and and speaking with us.
2: Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Same. Thanks, you guys, and uh, good luck and thank uh, you. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So yeah, um, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Chorsky, uh, beauty. But uh, we're absolutely. we're gonna we're gonna absolutely like. I, I, what's great is, and I, I wanted, I almost wanted to interrupt him when he was saying some of the things he was saying that I literally preach on the podcast. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to step in, but it's like I let these. It's coming from, you know, an NHL, you know, player. A guy who won the Stanley Cup. He's involved in junior hockey now. It's like, listen, guys, it's it's the truth. You know, he like he said. You know, his, his dad drove him to the rink and didn't say anything. Nope. Yep. Like, <laughs> but um one thing I, I want I, I wanted to touch on I sent you guys a thing today is you know we're, we're, I want to I want to talk about the reputation again yeah it's it sucks it sucks repeating ourselves it really does but uh, you know reputation it it's it's huge in youth and junior hockey it really is um, it, it all starts from uh, GM owners you know coaches and everything and you know, the, the, and this goes hand in hand reputation with with Doug Lubner. Now, I'll say it again is, uh, you know, I had I had I had the honor of being with Doug. Doug actually ran a hockey team, uh, gave me my first gig in in coaching and guy was, you know, hard nosed, you know, wanted things done his way and, and, and he wanted to win. Right. I'm not going to spend a long time on it here. And, and the, the main thing is, is. Doug's, Doug's reputation as a human being and a GM of a hockey organization gave him, you know, the ability to bring players in that played for other organizations, right? They, they saw what Doug was doing there. And players came in. They were attracted to it. Not only because of Doug is the product he put on the rink and behind the benches, right? Yeah. So. So, the, so the big thing here is, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna run a team, an organization, I mean, have have a good reputation. That's 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 anybody. That goes from, you know, mites to squirts to to junior to to college. That that's the big thing. You know what I mean? Is is have have that reputation where you wanna you wanna put out the good product and and you're doing the right thing for the game. Is that I'm not crossing the line there, am I? No, I think
1: mean, that's alright.
0: Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up again is, uh, Keish, we're going to bring up the John Chiabu thing again, because we have to talk about it because
1: yeah.
0: of the podcast. Um, for you guys that don't know, John Chiabu is a professional ice hockey player and a professional inline player. Guy, nasty Guys, dirty.
1: just can't Yeah, just disgusting. Can't Pro- it.
0: probably the best hands I've, I, I, I've, I've seen. Like it's, it's unreal. You know, he's got his own YouTube channel. He helps. He gives back to, you know, helps with, with Kelly, with Goodwood hockey, give him back to the game. He also, you know, he makes videos for, you know, stick handling and skating and, and endorses Mars blades and everything. And you see the NHL players, they they're using them. You know what I mean? And this, this guy's endorsing them. You know what I mean? Long story short here is there was a guy that uh, John put up on his, uh, his Instagram and I saw it and I actually messaged him and you know he got back to me right away and I said, hey, can I bring this up on the podcast? He goes, absolutely. So there's a guy named Big Rick 74, probably a fucking loser, sits at home and plays with his belly button all day watching fucking Jerry Springer, says, I'm not trying to trash this guy but playing in the SPHL is not that impressive. It's littered down with D3 and under talent. I played with several guys in AAA, juniors, and even ACHA who turned down SPHL opportunities because real life was more profitable. Certainly not the most skilled, legit guy in the sub. Right? I I don't, you guys can speak up, but, you know, if you're you're playing, yeah. Clueless. (laughs) It's like, you're just clueless. Absolutely
1: garbage.
0: Uh, if you're if you're playing in an organization in a professional organization in the SBHL, it's a Southern Professional Hockey League. Let me just say something, okay? It, it's it's a professional league for a feeder for the uh, ECHL, right? Where do you go from the ECHL? The AHL? Where do you go yep. to the AHL? The NHL? It's a, it, it's 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 a feeder system. It's it's the minor. It's minor league hockey. It's a right?
1: ladder.
0: Yeah. It's minor minor professional league hockey, right? Some people don't know this, but you know, Johnny Quick, you know where Jonathan Quick played his first fucking years in hockey? He's in Reading, wasn't he? He was in the ECHL for the Reading Royals. Right? The guy played in the East Coast League. He's he's a Stanley Cup champion winner now, right? You got,
1: you got a fucking con Smythe too.
0: Yeah. All right. So going back to John, right? The guy's getting paid to play hockey, right? The guy sponsored by tons of companies, right? For hockey, I, I I'm pretty sure this guy's doing the right thing. Oh yeah, the right thing. He, he's doing the right thing. He's you know he's he's I'm I, this guy just baffles me. So this guy writes back, right? Somebody writes back. Then let's see what you got compared to John, right? Big Dick seventy four says. I don't see what the purpose is that would that would accomplish just YouTube hockey puck tricks I'm sure you'll find some 14 year olds doing similar things it's, it's not the same
1: like <laughs> like a, I, I don't even know what to say about that man like to go out and bash somebody for trying to give back and help kids develop their skills and to trash him for playing professional hockey and continuing to do what he loves I think it's just terrible and it speaks on you as a human that you're just a piece of shit I mean I, my question to him would be like you know you're saying you're seeing 14 year olds do it. well can you do it though like I mean yeah like okay so even if there are 14 year olds doing it that's more 14 year olds doing it than you like you're Absolutely. not doing it <laughs> like so I'm confused like are you saying you 14 year olds aren't are good at hockey either or what because I'm seeing a bunch of stuff that they're doing that you're not so
0: it's the truth, and you know my my son, Landon watches these videos that John does, and, and he tries to do he tries to mimic them. I I have no problem with it. I have no problem with him mimicking John. You know John John's one of the first people to like videos or pictures of Landon that I put up on Instagram. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> it's if my kid if my kid want wants to mimic John Chiavu or you know. Uh, you know, PJ DiMartino or Max Halverson or Joey Martino, by all means, I, I listen, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, by all means, by all means, you know what I mean? If he wants to mock those guys and see, watch their videos and try to do what they do to become a player like him, like them, by all means. So, Absolutely. I mean, John, I, I don't know if you listen to every podcast, but if you're doing, you keep doing what you're doing, brother, it, it really right. it. You're giving back, you're helping out, you know, we, we promote, you know, your Goodwood every week we do a podcast and we're promoting your, you know, YouTube video, your training, your, you know, you got a training facility in your backyard, you know, you're just, you're giving back for the game and and it's great. And that's, we couldn't ask anything better for, you know, a player like you to do that, taking time out of your fucking busy schedule that you have. (laughs) Absolutely. And and I, I didn't mention this, that John won a gold medal with team USA. So, I that, that That's an accomplishment in itself right there. Yeah. Like, if John didn't even play fucking professional hockey, you know, professional ice hockey, the guy won a gold medal. So that, yeah, they, oh,
1: that,
0: that's it. Any so. comments
1: past that are absolutely irrelevant.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. But they, like, I wanted to touch on, you know, we were talking about before, the whole coronavirus with the NHL now.
1: Yeah.
0: I I... <sighs> I, you don't know what to believe. You really don't. You know what I mean? Like you, you had one week. You had a Bruins player tested for it, and then he was negative.
1: He was asymptomatic, and he was allowed to practice. And they, you don't
0: know what to believe anymore.
1: I say you just scratch the season at this point. We've been waiting for too long. It's just, I think the risk factor's too high. Honestly. Everybody's freaking out still. Everybody wants to live in this bubble and be scared for a little bit longer. And I think we just need to do it, get it over with, and come back for a fresh start September, October.
0: I agree. I mean, it sucks because the rinks are opening this week by us, and we literally just went in the green phase today. Yeah. Literally just went in the green phase. Now with this bullshit going on, we're probably going to go back to fucking Code Red.
1: Let me ask you, how are you guys adjusting to... Going back to like regular life now that everything's opening up again. I me, I can't wait to get a fucking haircut. I
0: just FaceTimed you looking like I put stuck a fucking fork in a in a socket. Yeah, dude, you look bad. <laughs> Not
1: even gonna lie. You yeah, look it look was look at okay, man-ish. It was bad. It I really was like bad. You're curled it, out from under a dumpster or something.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean it's it, it. I to me, and I'll tell this story. Like I I I've and I told you guys this the other day. Uh, I I literally live my life the same you know what i mean i I go in the stores i don't wear a fucking mask i'm sorry if you listen and you're against it i don't wear a mask you know what i mean so i am at work the other morning i walk into mcdonald's right girl looks cashier looks at me at mcdonald's goes you need to have a mask i'm like i got a medical condition because i don't feel like fucking wearing a mask you know what i mean so they can't say a fucking word to you if you say you got a medical condition right so she shuts up and she and it takes my order, gets you know whatever, pay my money. I'm waiting. Here comes fucking Karen, the manager, right? Sir, you need to wear a mask. I'm like, I have a medical condition, right? <laughs> she goes, it doesn't matter if you have it or not, right? And her and I get no arguing match about it and everything. And I'm like, listen, she was gonna call the cops on me because I didn't have
1: a mask on. I would have paid big money <laughs> at McDonald's that day, <laughs> dude. Just like some shit that you pulled at Panera. Like, yeah, it was
0: <laughs> it was worse. I, I you know I told her I'm like, listen, you're a fucking McDonald's manager. Who the fuck are you? You know what I mean, just give me my food. She was refusing to give me my food after I paid for it. Yeah, because that's I problems. because I didn't have a mask on. Are you shitting me? I, and that's the fourth time I've been in that McDonald's in fucking a week and a half. Jeez. And that was the first time I, I, it's happened, right? She goes, this isn't a gas station, sir. I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's a gas station or not. Like, I'm not doing You guys have all these guards here. Like, what's the difference? And I said this to her. I go, what's the difference if I stand at the front counter here, right, and I face you without a mask on, or if I go through drive through and I'm doing the same thing without a mask on? Exactly. Think about, it. Think about it. Karen had no answer for that. She just kept threatening to call the cops on me. Because any argument's practically irrelevant. But the funny thing about it was, is the, you know, I, I work with an autistic guy. You know, he, he's got slightly autistic, whatever. And yes. he was standing behind me in line, freaking the fuck out, right? Just looking at me like, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? I leave, right? So I go, I go to the truck. I tell the other guy, Eric, what happened, right? And here comes Nick. Nick comes walking up the truck. He's like, dude. Dude, she's calling the cops on you. We're gonna get arrested. And he was freaking the fuck out, right? Just freaking out like the cops were home. Eric was in on it. He's like, "Yeah, man, the cops are coming," right? So, so we're listening to fucking Z100 on the fucking radio, and they do their phone tap, right? Yep. You know, I shit you not. It had to do with. It, it literally had to do with something about somebody calling the cops on a guy named Nick, and they said it on the radio. <laughs> this guy bugged the fuck out, right? All morning, he was he kept looking out the fucking window thinking the cops were coming together. And I just kept rolling with it. I couldn't care. But other than that, yeah, I, I, I live my life the same every day. Yeah. You guys have anything else to talk about? No, not really.
1: I mean, yeah, it's been just good hearing, hearing Tom. and.
0: Oh, dude, it, it's, it's good to hear what he had to say, you know, with the NHL and, you know, getting his perspective compared to, you know, Jim Dowd that won a cup in New Jersey and Randy McKay that won a cup in New Jersey. And, and, uh, and there, there's one little thing I wanted to bring up before we, we do our sponsors here. Okay. You know, obviously, you know, we, people know we had Dan Carcillo on the podcast, right?
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Have you guys seen what, what happened? That's no, today. I didn't, I didn't read it. Huge lawsuit read it. Right
1: now.
0: <laughs> He's got a huge lawsuit going on in the, in the CHL, the junior league. Yeah. About you know his abuse that he talked about on our podcast. So if you guys you know haven't listened to it yet, and you you know you're curious of what he's talking about, go listen to our podcast because I'm I'm pretty sure you know hockey podcast wise, I think we're the only one to have him. You know he won't go on spitting chicklets because oh, him and Biz, case,
1: yeah. him
0: and Biz don't like like each other. And you know we had the fucking honor of having him on here and, and speaking about it. And and the shit he talked about was fucked up. Absolutely. It, you know my my <laughs> My wife my wife sends me a picture of that today, the picture I sent you guys, and she's like, yo, get your boy. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, so I had to read about it. It's it's fucked up, man. It really is. There's no place in the
1: game for it. There isn't. Well, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram, so he posted a uh, big, like, yeah, what did he post? It was like something, big boom, stay tuned. Yeah. So I figured he was going to drop a big hammer on something, and then sure shit, next day there was the big lawsuit.
0: Yep. So, and it it sucks because, you know, it, it it
1: happens, it happens
0: in junior hockey, youth hockey, whatever,
1: but it's like, it has no place in the game. It doesn't, it does, it really doesn't, man. It's, it is, it's hockey. You're there to play hockey. That is it.
0: it. It really does, you know, and it just, it's, it sucks for, you know, guys like him and, and other players that it happened to and the shit's got to stop, you know, the shit's got to stop with like everything else in this world. It's got to fucking stop.
1: On the plus side, though, it's shining a great big spotlight onto this huge problem. And hopefully it's going to be the start of something big and we're going to put an end to it. Absolutely. It shouldn't happen in any sport. It doesn't matter if it's hockey, basketball, football. It shouldn't happen anywhere.
0: 100%. (laughs) 110%. But, uh, guys, we want to thank... uh, our sponsors here, we want to thank Ink Gurus. Uh, Ink Gurus make sweatshirts, t shirts, hats, anything you need embroidered or screen printed. Uh, go check them out. They sent us some fucking sick gear. Keisha and I got to send you some still. Best
1: quality I've ever seen. Yeah, fucking incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, go check them out on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Ink Gurus. Also, we want to thank, uh, Goodwood Hockey. We spoke about, we, we touched on it with, uh, Kelly and John Chiavu. Uh, go check out Goodwood Hockey. They're giving back the game. Uh, great things with those guys. You know, uh, they got good quality stuff too. Go check them out on Instagram and Facebook as well at Goodwood Hockey. Also want to give a shout out to, uh, Case Kings. Case Kings are making, uh, Dusty Dimes fucking phone cases, boys. Hell yeah. So, uh. Go check them out on Instagram and Facebook as well at Case Kings. And if you order something, use the promo code SK104. And last but not least, you you got, you got want to take it away, Tucker, or not? You you want to make fun of me? No, go ahead and take it away. Are you sure? You don't want to make fun of me with this? Keish, you want to make fun of me? You got uh, it, you. All right, good talk, Keish. Last but not least, we want to thank AT8 Hockey. AT8 Hockey uh, has all your sticks, gloves, hats, undergarment you need. But uh, I, I, I say it every podcast, and the boys make fun of me all the time. They make fun of me on Xbox about it. Best stick I've ever used, and I'm not just saying that. It's the best stick. And uh, go check. <laughs> great, great kick point. Great, great feel. Great, you know it, it, everything's great about it. Go check them out on Instagram and Facebook as well at 88 hockey and uh, let them know we sent you. But other than that, uh, again, thank you guys for, um, for your support. Again, you know, I, I sent the numbers to the boys here, you know, everything's analytics. I sent it to the boys here, like what every week, every, every other climbing. Yeah. Every, everything's fucking climbing boys. And uh, we, we thank you guys, you know, for the the young listeners, the the men, the women, we have women listeners. That's, that's awesome. Um, men, you know, women, kids All Internationalists. ages International we, uh, You can have international listeners as well you know, With the analytics So um, again, thank you guys We're climbing uh, We got uh, Coming up next We, we're, we have Chris Vandenbush The guy that uh, uh, Dennis Bonvi talked about His, his good buddy That he, he played against and fought against a lot um, Rico Fada Is getting to us as well and we have uh, – I actually have other guys. Other guys are lining up for uh, for days and stuff. They're giving me their schedule, other former NHL players as well. So, awesome. uh, again, guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. Keep sending us your questions. Send us the support and everything. And uh, stay dusty, guys.
1: Stay dusty. Stay dusty.